Hello and welcome to another episode of GDPR Now, a podcast dedicated to all things related to data security and data privacy, brought to you by Data Protection for Business, and this is DPO. Your host today is me, Karen Heaton, owner of Data Protection for Business, recording from my home office in Southwest London. This episode is part of our series of updated podcasts addressing security and privacy concerns resulting from the coronavirus pandemic and the shift in working practices for millions of businesses across the UK and the world. In this episode, we are delighted to have Andrew Alston. He's the founding director at Breach Aware and Business Intelligence Theorems. Today, Andrew is going to talk to us about Breach Aware, which is a data breach monitoring and reporting application. It's designed to help organisations detect and prevent crime as part of their system of risk management. So, Andrew, can you tell us a bit about why you started Breach Aware? Hi, Karen. Thanks for having me on the show. Um, Yes, uh, I used to work for a security company a few years ago, and we were selling some quite um, sophisticated technology. And one of the things that we noted was that the organizations we were selling to from uh, some of the basic tools out there, that's half the members we were talking to have been compromised on the dark web or surface web. And we were using basic tools just to check whether they were uh, vulnerable to any malicious attack from outside. So we we immediately thought, well, um, is there an, an enterprise tool out there that can identify risk on a mass scale on the market? And there wasn't at that time. And we started a project off. We called it BreachAware. We did a search on the um, the dark web and surface web and immediately found 500 million email addresses that had been compromised. Wow. Then we turned that, uh, that, that data and insight into a business proposition. And um, we, we realized that we had to uh, apply it across the market, not focus mm-hmm. on... Um, large companies, but focus on SMEs and large enterprise companies. So so today, um, we we have about 10% of the world's domains on our books, and we found about 10 billion credentials. Wow, that is amazing. Those are huge statistics. But also the fact that you're able to offer something that helps the SME market, because often those types of solutions are out of the price range for SMEs. And so how, how can you help them? Um, yeah, so uh, we're quite altruistic on um, Breachware. What we did, first of all, we used to get quite annoyed that when you went onto a website to try and do a scan of your name or your your domain, the organizations that you went on to would ask you for your email address, then it would ask you for your telephone number, and you'll get a salesman coming back. So we thought, well, what we're going to do is provide a service that will give you for free a redacted overview of your your footprint on the dark and surface mm-hmm. web, and um, and that, that way um, you understand maybe okay I I'm I've I've got a problem here I've got to um, make some adjustments and changes to my cyber um, uh, policy or, or or look at the whole thing and audit your organization. So that was the first step, and. Um, uh, we did have feedback saying, why are you doing that? Because you're giving your data away free. We felt it necessary to do that um, that step because it's 99% of the uh, organizations out there in the UK are SMEs. And we yeah. just felt it 
you know, it's, it's, it's providing a, a sort of a, a free apostrophes service. And then if you wanted to analyze it to the next layer, that's when it became a commercial opportunity when you could either uh, purchase it through our website and then start analyzing the data. But a lot of people do not know what their footprint is out there. Just to enhance what you're saying, I went onto your website and used it for myself. It was really easy to use. And I did a search on my personal email and my business domain. And as you said, I could see that I hadn't been compromised on one of them, but on the other one I had. Um, and so obviously the next level down, which is the level down you're talking about to see the, the details behind what data had been compromised from which sites and the risks I was running would, would be when the paid service kicks in. Is that right? Yeah. And uh, what, what, what's, what really enforces people to have a look is GDPR, which was enforced from May 2018. I know that uh, the DPA has taken over one, uh, once Brexit happens, and that's even mm-hmm. you've got even more enhanced uh, conditions. Um, so, but the important thing is to, and the important thing we have to do from our organisation is adhere to GDPR mm-hmm. uh, compliances. So, our whole organisation is based on the um, GDPR Article Five. And um, when you go on to our service, even if you pay for the paid version, all your data will be redacted but what it will tell you it will show you the different types of data types that have mm-hmm. been compromised yeah so we always show an email which is really important and then the, we have 87 data types at the moment that we look at and we, we look up, and that can go from your ip address to your physical home to any of the sensitive categories that are highlighted by gdpr or special categories as well and what's really important People must understand that any piece of data associated to your your organization or to you personally will play a part maybe today or in the future of you being compromised. So let's talk a little bit about being compromised and what that really means, because I'm not sure that everyone really understands what compromised is or could be in the future. And certainly Kingsley Hayes um, talked about this in one of our earlier podcasts, and he explained how bad actors are out there. They're combining data sets of stolen information and they're starting to profile individual individuals. And that could be used in the future. Oh, yes. It's, um, so um, uh, we, when we go out and do presentations or uh, discussions like with you, Karen, um, and I, I mentioned that you're, you're, just an email has been compromised, uh, people just think, well, that's just my address. Mm-hmm. But what they'll do, they will actually harvest the, the data. So if Karen comes up again on another breach and then you've got your IP address, they can sit, then start getting a profile of you and then uh, do a bit more um, credential stuffing and then social engineering. And then that data might be hanging about for a few months. And then mm-hmm. suddenly they're building up your profile. And then six months' time, you might find yourself being um, attacked. Social engineering. Can you give us a bit more examples of what that might look like? Well, it's profiling one person. So you're building up a profile of that organization, whether it's uh, you personally or a uh, corporate credential. So it's about um, uh, your 
it could be your age, it could be where you're shopping, it could be um, anything that you purchased, it could be your login, and they get there. And then what happens is once they grow that profile and they get your password, they'll then potentially run a macro on all the maybe web interfaces and email interfaces you're organized with, and then start um, uh, focusing on you to entice someone maybe to either uh, interact with you, one of your mm-hmm. one of your business partners or your uh, uh, family members or friends, and then by doing that, they'll then then might the whole thing is making money, mm-hmm. uh, make some fraudulent um, opportunity out of you. So it's it's these guys are good. Well, that's exactly what Kingsley and, in fact, Zohar said as well in his interview with us. He said that these companies are run as very profitable enterprises and they're really well managed. So they might be um, out running outside of the law, but they're very well run and managed because the return on investment is, is very high. And so how how does this represent itself in terms of the challenge for SMEs in particular, you know, the scale and the size of the challenge that they're facing? Well, you just just mentioned at the beginning about the commercial aspect. Um, The market is changing for SMEs. You're getting some really good value products. But the thing is, what you want to um, do is make it more of an inherent cost for an SME rather than an expensive security add-on cost. So um, what we've done, we've focused on um, reducing the price of our uh, service in order to make it uh, negligible impact. There's ninety percent of the ninety nine percent of the as I said earlier on of the um, companies in the UK are SMEs, yeah, and they're part of the challenge. And the challenge for all companies is massive. If you consider there was four point one billion records breached in the first quarter of 2019, mm-hmm. that is a phenomenal number mm-hmm. yet to commit fraud and extortion. And it, it's not not just for the big companies. That that covers all the SMEs. That covers companies from two people to 10 people to 10,000 people. And if you consider there's 300 billion passwords out there, well, <laughs> they reckon it's going to be there by the end of 2020, and over 4 billion email users, Wow, the market's insane. right in the middle. So yeah. everyone has the same impact. And there's two sorts of breaches. There's malicious and there's accidental. The malicious actors are not motivated by national security or geopolitic um, objectives. They're just motivated by greed. Mm. So um, it's, it's, you know, there's no differentiation. So what we've tried to do with our service and we've had some interesting conversations with enterprises. We make sure that whatever we do in Breachware is that the SME will get the same service as a large organization. And that doesn't happen very often. <laughs> well, for us, a data type is a data type. It's a data set. So why should the SME, as I say, SMEs represent a massive proportion of our of the UK compared to the enterprises. Um, makes no difference to us. And can you share... Any pricing, or is it up on your website if uh, yeah. you're interested? So at the moment, we're charging £300 per domain and uh, per annum, and mm-hmm. that will offer you a full audit. Uh, any notification of a new um, breach or compromised data, 
Um, and you can get it via email or text. Uh, you get access. Um, you, um, you have to go through a level of consent because of um, we want to make sure that whoever we're talking to is the right person and responsible yeah. for that domain. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but if you're a member, part of a membership, we're changing our pricing um, model to take in uh, membership groups and um, obviously there'll be disproportionate uh, discount on those. And we've got a partner model. We've got a number of MSPs and yeah. technology partners that use our service. Um, so, so it's possible that in the next few years, then this service will be much more widely available to people who maybe haven't heard it, heard about it just now. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. We're, we're a SaaS company. Um, yeah. th this, this might sound a bit counterproductive, but we, we do not want to, um, be investing in doing the, uh, the selling. We want people to come to us and make it so easy to buy our service through an automated process mm -hmm. and following all the compliance steps you have today in order to buy it. It makes our service more cost-effective. Okay. And by reducing the overheads, it makes it uh, a far more an inherent cost rather than a expensive security yeah. add-on cost. So, so some people might think, well, why can't individuals or corporations just do this themselves? You know, go and check on the dark web. Well, we, we get our we get our um, data from two sources. Uh, as you said, we get it from the dark web, and we get it from automated uh, scrape bins. So, although this data is publicly available, people or organisations uh, um, compromised data is well hidden within the departments of the, the dark web. Mm -hmm. The dark web is um, only accessible by means of special software or browsers um, and allowing users and web operators to remain anonymous and, and untraceable. So it's not accessible by your normal Yahoo, uh, Google, and other structured uh, browsers. So you need some skills to be able to know where to go and have the right tools. So we, we, we look at the forums. We do not buy data. Um, we find out data that is just readily available on the dark web. So people are just putting data up there? Yeah. Just randomly? If you go on the Pastebin, um, Pastebin is where we get all, quite um, a bit of on, online um, automated uh, data. It's an online content hosting service where people just um, dump compromised personal data. and it's just amazing what's being dumped there. So mm. I, I saw a, a phishing list of one of our, our top consultancy companies out there. Okay, it was just a phishing list, but it had all of that company's email addresses that it was sending all its marketing material to. Mm -hmm. that, that, in one way, is commercially valuable to someone in another organization or... Yeah someone understanding the politics and commercial relationships of that organization. Every piece of data has a, uh, has a value. What's even more worrying is that we're finding a lot more data on the surface web. And the surface web is a portion of the web is just generally available by the, uh, by the general public, via the standard search engines that I just mentioned. Okay. So it's, it is um, a bit worrying the amount of data that we're actually seeing. And another thing is, when you see the big 
breaches occur, the, the Quinities, the, mm-hmm. the EasyJets that's just come yeah. up, uh, Alexum and so on, the market focuses on that and it yeah, really it makes a big message. What they're forgetting about, that data will be stuck in the dark web forums for two, three years. Okay. They'll maximize the commercial value of it. Mm-hmm. And then it will only get dumped publicly available two, three years' time. Wow. Whereas the small breaches that don't make the press, everyone ignores those. And, and they are just as important as the big ones. But they're not headline grabbing. That's a problem, isn't it? No, well, no, no. And so we hope that these podcasts really help people be able to understand the sorts of issues that are out there the risks that are being run on a daily basis whether you're an individual or you're an SME so the the problem an SME has as well as a big enterprise has is that you you might feel comfortable with the policies and uh, compliance standards you have within all your organization you might have turned down that a tide of hitting down and reduced the risk as much as you can Mm -hmm. your your service is only as good as the integrity of the service that you purchase from your suppliers, your partners, and maybe interact with your customers. So that supply chain is really important. It really is important. It really is. Especially these days, so many services are outsourced every time you use a new online platform. You know, it's another link in that chain, isn't it? Well, yeah, we, we um, did a, um, uh, some work with a large organization that um, deals with transport, and we uh, were helping them with some research. We noticed a couple of their staff had been involved in a compromise on a, one of their suppliers who was mm-hmm. supplying some sort of oil lube for that transport organization. And that company was out um, out in Asia, um, obviously, because it's cheaper we all out there than it is over here. Yeah. But now those, that company's credentials were floating around with the, their, not only their email address, but access to the portal to that supplier out in India, maybe some corporate information, credit card information, account information. So it, that's how it, no, that, that, so that's how easy it is. It is, yeah, yeah. yeah. And we wouldn't know about it, nor with, nor with uh, us, until that domain suddenly pops up on our uh, one, one of the public forums or on Pastebin. Right, and that's when you know that it's up for sale. Well, no, that's that, I would assume uh, that it's already been sold and, um, and that it's, it's now just been dumped on the dark web. So... Um, it is quite a bizarre way they do operate in some ways. It's quite an interesting way. So, so they make some money out of the information potentially, and then they just give it to other people to make some money from themselves. Yeah, yeah, that, that is crazy. But wow. um, and you've got to understand that um, as it, I mean, technology journey used to be sixty days years ago. I think it's thirty days. By the time you've actually rolled out a new piece of software. Um, it's already been compromised or the groups that are doing the hacking or the um, looking for data are so well advanced, so, so clever, you're just catching up all the time. Yeah. So the whole game is to reduce the risk. And one of the fundamental things is understand your footprint, 
and train your staff. They won't resolve everything, but they'll certainly help you reduce your risk. Oh, that's that's good advice to end on. Thank you very much for that, Andrew. Training of staff is absolutely key and regularly as well, training them on more and more sophisticated phishing attacks, uh, scam emails, how to spot them, etc. Can I just finish on one point, Karen? Yeah, absolutely. They reckon that if you do train your staff, there is a stat from Aberdeen Group that by just doing simple cyber um, uh, training, hygiene training, it will reduce mm-hmm. the social engineering uh, risk by 60%. 60%. That's 60%. big. That's a big drop. Mm. And it's not difficult to do regular training. So, so yeah, on that note, it's important to remember that not only do we need to do lots of uh, hand washing and, and personal hygiene, but we need to keep our IT hygiene up to date as well and make sure that staff are trained and passwords are strong, etc. So um, that was a fascinating conversation, Andrew. Thank you very much. It's great to hear that there's a platform and a solution out there that's affordable for SMEs and personal households, I would also say. So unfortunately, though, it does bring us to the end of this episode of GDPR Now. So, Andrew, if our listeners want to contact you, uh, we'll add your contact details to the show notes. Um, And if uh, there are any issues or questions our listeners would like addressed, please send them to info at dpo4business.co.uk. Or if you would like to appear in the podcast, please let us know. So to our listeners, thanks for listening. And thank you very much to Andrew for another very interesting and thought-provoking discussion. Uh, We really appreciate it. That's it from me, Karen Heaton. I hope you will join us again soon. Take care. Stay safe.